We are live streaming once again on our Sportsnet YouTube channel. And if you're downloading, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, Jennifer Rolnick, Hanya Elaway. Did I pronounce that correctly, Sammy? Alakawi? Alakawi. Alakawi. Oh, my. Elway. Doesn't play for the Broncos. Nick Kiprios, take two. <laughs> Cut. Cut. <laughs> we are so happy you are all along for the ride. Last night, bounce back game by the Stanley Cup champions. Should we have expected anything less? We know what Sammy McKee, our producer, was hoping. But yesterday, Sammy said he woke up and he thought the Lightning were going to win. He just felt a game two win from the Lightning in his bones. Even though I the picked bones them. don't lie. Even though I picked them yesterday on the show, I said that the Leafs were going to win. But I really did believe in my heart of hearts that the Lightning would win that game last night. And that's just based on the respect that you have. Correct. And it's just for it's also multiple future Hall of Famers. Correct. And it's just more like it. And it's just more about just being a Leaf fan and knowing the way these things go and knowing the beats of it and knowing how things go up, things go down, things go up, things go down. Things so, go down, things go down. And then a down and down <laughs> and down and down. I try to you kind of try to predict a little bit here and there where that energy was going. It was such one sided after game one. Yeah. In favor of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the energy for me after 20 minutes didn't disappoint, for, at least from the Leafs side. I had right. a chance to take the game in live. And from the moment, uh, the buildup, all of it w- was was there. Yeah. I didn't experience game one live, but I imagine that it was a rather smooth uh, transition to game two. It's not like the fans took their foot off the gas pedal or, wow. or felt a little bit uh, nervous again, probably like they did in game one. And the first period for me did not disappoint. Yes, Tampa Bay closed the gap, I guess, on their effort and their focus. Expected, big gap. But, JB, that was a a pretty good darn period by the Toronto Maple Leafs after 20. Yeah, you know, they they came out and basically said, I mean, if if their goaltender wasn't excellent, it's a different story. You know, I really thought they came out, brought the pace and the energy, that Matthews line forechecked really well. Um, and I thought Vasilevsky was the difference. And that's that's a Hall of Fame goaltender. That's a guy who's one of the best in the world. And, and what we talked about on the show yesterday, we basically, I think we explicitly said the expectation was that Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky was going to be very good. And I thought he kept Tampa Bay in a place that allowed them to get ahead once the penalty started rolling. All right, before we get into uh, the particulars, including Vasilevsky, let's go to a uh, Kipper's Clipper, the first one of today's show on Sheldon Keefe and uh, his thoughts on Tampa's bounce back. Yeah, I thought they would, you know, that they would play better. That's more of the team that we prepared for. You know, I think it's obviously the difference in the game is special teams. You know, at five on five, it's a pretty even hockey game. Um, but their their power play was better, and, and we took too many penalties. Simple as that. Yes, yeah. I think I think there's there's more, and we'll dissect yeah. in all of it. Uh, but at least for 20 minutes, it wasn't necessarily a factor, except mm. the last second of the period. Yeah, 
Coming off the back of a bad penalty from Alex Kerfoot there on the back check, getting his hand in. I thought that was a really poor play from a guy who had, Sam, I think you said he had, like noted before the show, had numbers, had D-back, didn't have to reach to take a hand off a stick. And that was uh, the cause of a number, a number of Leafs penalties is taking that hand off a stick and wrapping it around a guy's shoulder. No bueno. Yeah, I hated that penalty. And I said it the minute it happened. I was like, that was stupid. What was the point of that? Like, anytime you get the hand off the stick, put it around the shoulder, around the, the waist, it's an instant penalty. They've been calling that since 2005. Whenever they brought in the new rules, it's a lock. And that cost them. And I think that goal at the end of the first period really got the lightning going. I just, I think they got caved in pretty bad in that first period. The Leafs were way better again. Looked better, the energy, like you talked about. And that kind of woke them up, I think. They're like, oh, my God, that was a stolen goal. What was there, a minute? Uh, sorry, a second left? Yeah. It was just, you could really feel it when that happened, that that kind of changed the game. I'll give you my thoughts on the Kerfoot penalty, but let's hear from Sheldon Keep first on the officiating. The ref set the standard early, right? I mean, you know, they, they took one after the whistle, uh, which, which made it pretty clear that they were going to call it like, like that after the whistle, and we didn't do a good job of reading that and, and responding to that. I also thought we took, at times we took some tough penalties even during the play, like, you know, they, they were calling a lot of hold, holding, tripping, these kind of things, and, you know, those, we, we've got to do better. We've got to be more more responsible with that, but but we will be, and we played, like I said, we played a good game here today. We got off to another good start. We were in a good spot as a team. Um, that goal at the end of the first period was tough, tough to take, but you're still right there, you know, and then... Uh, like I said, I think a 5-on-5, five five, it's a fairly even hockey game, which is more what we expect. There's not a whole lot between the two teams, and then special teams can make the difference, and for them, they got the edge tonight. All right, let's dive into it. That's the story of the game, the penalties. Yes, and that is our first main topic on this show. And when I watch a team like that, and it really, for me, it, it starts with a, a Kerfoot penalty there, that is a little uncharacteristic of, of Kerfoot. For sure. It's not like a thing he does. Okay, so why is it a thing that he does? Because now mm-hmm. the emotions have gone to another level. Yeah. We're in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It, it Every game feels like do or die. You win game one, you're on top of the world, you're chasing, uh, and it feels like the end of the world for for hockey players. This to me, when when I see the bad penalties and and some of them that are uncharacteristic, mm-hmm. like a Kerfoot penalty or a Nylander penalty 200 feet from your goalie where he's trying to go in, make contact, ends up tripping somebody or slew footing. Yeah, or, he kicked out Belmar's legs. This, for me, all these bad penalties are a byproduct of of taking the focus on what your strengths are as a hockey club. And I want to go back to that whole thing about we expect to be a violent a violent series and you're, you're just, you're getting them a little bit off what they are. Yeah, I think in trying to prepare them, that happened. And what was the one thing that was abundantly clear in game one that we didn't see in game two? For me, it was the speed. Okay, yeah. The drop off. Mm-hmm. of we're a way faster team. Yeah. I didn't think Engvall and McKay of the speedy guys I just, were effective. They didn't speed? I, no, I, <laughs> the unspeedy. I get, I get that you're, you, you want them to be tough. You want to 
stand up for each other. You don't want to sit there and eat your crap sandwiches from them. But you are not a team that can go shoulder to shoulder with any team in the league. It's not your style. It's not your focus. It's not your game. I think the idea, you know, they set out to brace themselves. You know, Keith set out to brace the team. There's going to be this push. There's going to be this element of the series. But at the same time, it can't become the focus of the series when that's not your strength. Like, and, and Kerfoot, the, it, it's, the, there's no just, odd numbers. Yeah. It's, you're not – you're going there and you're so wound up. Kerfoot's so wound up on the back check that he, he's thinking he's got to get a piece of somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's no piece to be taken. You are behind somebody. The only thing that you're going to end up doing is – hooking, tripping, holding or somebody or whatever the case is, but yeah. you are not in a position to make any contact with this player. What's hard is it was a combination thing. So last night the Leafs take seven penalties. Uh they in are, a row. In a row. Well, yeah. I think there's their one in the middle. There's a Belmar one in the middle. Just looking seven at seven consecutive calls, thought, weren't there? I've got it as four and then three with a breakup in the middle. But who either, t- who who what was the penalty? I thought uh, it was Belmar holding against Marner uh, in the second period with four minutes left in the second. Okay. Anyway, seven penalties for the Leafs. They averaged 3.5 penalties per game throughout the regular season. So this is not who they are because of things you're talking about, but also a little ticky-tack in the officiating for me. You know, like the Giordano one where he puts a, his hand on Hagel's shoulder and Hagel gets shot. The, the Labushkin call. The, the Geo penalty, I can almost live with because then you're, as an official, yeah. once you take your hand off your we'll stick and you start reaching over people's shoulders, whatever that case is, you are flirting with fire. You're you putting, let that one go, yeah. then you got to let the next one go against Tampa Bay, and now you're in a heap of mess. That one, I, I, I sense what you're saying. Yeah. Seems a little ticky-tacky, a little cheap, but that one you don't want that image to get away from you. Sure. Yeah. The but- Labushkin was god-awful. <laughs> it was yeah. horrible. When points going through and still ending up with a puck yeah. and not missing a beat because of whatever Labushkin did to his... tried to lift a stick and that was It didn't affect his, his, his forecheck at all. No. Still got to the puck first. Yeah. Still got plenty of time Bad to call. make a play. That one that one was horrible. So seven, seven times shorthanded and then the PK, you know, looked like a totally different group from the day before. And, you know, I... I, I I think the difference fundamentally is we didn't see Tampa's power play get set up in game one. Like last night, their in, their power play breakout was so good. Their entries were so good and they got set up. All of a sudden you get Kucherov on the flank getting 300 touches throughout the game. And that was the difference in the in the first game is their, their penalty kill was so good. Tampa Bay wasn't able to get set up. Or the Leafs penalty kill was so good. The, sorry, yes. Right? The Leafs penalty kill was so good in the so first game. So good. I mean, they were all over them. And then last night, Tampa makes an adjustment or two. A credit to Cooper. We had, who was it? Andrew who was on our show? Steve Thomas. Thomas. Oh, good. Who? Steve Thomas. Yeah, Zombie. Steve Thomas talking about how good Cooper's at adjustments. They made a couple. They got into the zone set up. And all of a sudden, it's Hedman and Kucherov playing catch. And the PK's floundering at so, that point. So you just were mentioning Keith talking about the borderline violence comments before the series. And... I think there's the point is great about sort of riling up his own team and getting his own team kind of off their game, which is not the sort of violent side of it. But how much of those comments do you think has weighed on the refs? Like I, I've, I've watched other series and the, it's not the same. It standard. was better than game one. I thought. 
You thought that the officiating was better to last night yes. than game one. Yes. I just felt like there was just so much called, and you can never let these two teams get into a great rhythm. Like, there's a part of me that's just kind of like, can we see these guys play five on five for a stretch of hockey here? They're two excellent teams. You're kind of hurting the product yeah. here. But the after game one, you thought it might have been in favor of the Leafs, and now you're not sure. Yeah, but I even felt that same way in game one, where it was just so choppy and like, great, it was great the Leafs won. I was thrilled they won, but the stuff that was getting called, it's like, let her, minutes, let her rhythm go here. They've only played 70, 75 minutes of five-on-five five hockey through 120, which is is not... And the Leafs have controlled the play. They've they've led and expected goals over that time. They've been good. I think we had uh, the Leafs are outscoring Tampa Bay 5-2 to two at even strength. But that's a problem here, Kipper, is that their power play, the Leafs' power play that finished first in the NHL, you guys had that stat. What were they doing in the final 10 games? Like 14% or something? 14.7. 14.7. And we brought that up. There, we said it's that a problem. It's, it's a cold power play. One for 10 now. And going, the only one they have is five on three. I'm with you. It's a concern. It was a concern for me going in. Yeah. And it, People are telling me, well, you know, Matthews and Marner and in and out. And I'm like, it, it, it doesn't matter. What matters is as a team, it, it's it's not you're it's not a hot power play. It's not it's not ready to go. It's not looking yeah. dangerous. It's can you flip the switch? And they got like shots and chances, but this Leafs team has been a team that has got shots and chances and not scored in the playoffs for however, however many straight years. No one wants to hear that. Puck's got to find a way in the back of the net at some point. So now a lot of that was Vasilevsky. I do think it has looked dangerous. It looked really good early in the game, but late in the game, I didn't think it had teeth. The, the last couple in the game, it kind of looked like it did when they, like at the end of last year, when they could barely enter yeah. the zone, they were fumbling pucks. The one that, when Mar- they took the penalty on Marner, I guess the Belmar hold on Marner, I, they were horrible on that power play one of the worst ones they've had in months but i thought they looked pretty good for the most part but like you said it's got to go in the net yeah so no i'm with you about the looking good part but yeah vasilevsky was very good obviously later on the show boys ryan whitney from famed spitting chicklets now if i'm not loves the leafs if i'm not mistaken it's biz nasty who loves the leafs yeah and ryan who doesn't Mm mm-hmm so we've had Biz on earlier this year. I've been bugging with. If I'm not mistaken, year. Ryan came over a little bit from the dark side and and started having a little Leaf love lately. Oh, love, I think he said to the Leaf haters out there, there is some reason to be concerned. All after right. A good well, first we'll find like out that. a little later on in the show how concerned. And in the second this hour, we awesome. welcome, uh, of course, uh, Electricity. Gordon. Our host of Leaf Nation, my the work, fan 590 in Sportsnet. My work father. Your work father. <laughs> as far as John Cooper is concerned, he, he made no bones about it. He was refusing to give the Leafs credit after game one. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know, but looking like a genius right now. Coming you know, out of game two. You remember him? We had, I think we played a quote yesterday about how much like Vasilevsky said the goalie. That's why we don't learn, lose back-to-back. The goalie figures it out. Their best players are their best players. We got a quote on that. Why don't we have Cooper on stars being stars? I don't know if uh, how far teams go when their big guys aren't going. Um, you need them, especially at times when your back's against the wall. And can't sit here and say our back was against the wall. It was one game, but... Um, you know, we needed tonight, and they stepped up and started with our goaltender. Uh, he was outstanding, and 
and then we just, um, you know, we fed off those those two penalty kills at the start of the um, at the start of the game, and it just gave us energy, and we took off from there. That guy, he is talking about the goaltender. So good, the goaltender. Yes, <laughs> and it's his body language too. He's where flappable. He had a look throughout that first period for me that said, yeah, I still don't know if my boys are in front of me are going to look like they're stuck in quicksand in game one or they're going to look like uh, the the champs that they are. But regardless, mm-hmm. yeah. Not, not, nothing. I got this. I got this. Yeah. I got this. And I think Big that, and flexible. And I think that the turning point of the game, actually, was the save that he made on Lilligren in the second period. Where the Leafs had just, I think it made it two one, or it was it the was glove two, save. It was two one, and Engvall digs it out from under the net, gets it right back out. Lilligren high slot. Was he on his ass, or was yeah, he? I don't. Even, I honestly was. I was in the press box from the. I had he the was sub. It was below I, the ice. And I he have came no, up I to have the no idea where he came from, <laughs> but this big ass glove just came flying out of the ice, and that's as nice a glove save as you can see. Cause sometimes, that's, you know, they find to you by road warrior. Yes. Like I said, my brother, like we wouldn't finish go playing road hockey <laughs> until he'd shoot one just right for me oh, to yeah. catch. And it's it, it, sometimes you shoot it into the, into the glove and the goalie does the big, you know, Patrick Waugh windmill. That was a unbelievable save. And then they came down, they got another, they got another power play. They scored, make it three, one. And they kind of never came back from there. I really felt that that glove save on Lilligren was the turning point in the game. What a save. Also that contact between camp and Ryan McDonough oh. and crashing into Vasilevsky. And not that anyone wants anybody hurt, but <laughs> would there have been a few couple in Leafs Nation that said, That's hey, too bad. can you tweak something, please? <laughs> yeah. I the, the collision, from my vantage, it looked very bad. And I was like, oh, my God, his knee got all twisted. I bet it just pops up back in there, no yeah. problem. Like, this guy is Gumby. robot. He's a robot. So... <laughs> All right, uh, just to... Just oh, to, sorry, I was just quick. Uh, games to reach 50 pl- uh, career playoff wins. Uh, Sportsnet Stats just tweeted this out. Patrick Waugh, 82. Andre Vasilevsky, 83. Martin Berdour, 84. Ooh. Vassy in the Pretty mix. Pretty good. Yeah. And just uh, to put a bow on Vasilevsky's effort last night is his head coach talking about not losing two in a row. There's... I just think about that. Like, what does it take to bounce back like that it takes character you have to have that in your room um, they're aware of situations um, but it is you gotta tip your hat to those guys if, you know to lose a playoff game and then the next night go in saying we're not losing this one and uh, it's you got a really good chance of winning the Stanley Cup if you can do that not lose two in a row <laughs> Thanks, you know, you'll, but, you'll win it every time, actually. But do you know it's how nice. well you need to know your players to come out and say after game one in yeah. this city against 60 goal scorers at people. and go, it wasn't you guys, it was us. We didn't show up. That's why you won. Yeah. Nothing to do with you. Everything to do with us. And that makes you love the coach when you're in the room, right? You're like, this I'm guy. I'm not sure knows. how much love there is no, around well, that room. But, but appreciation for any coach, he's really. not going out there and saying, our boy, our guys are awful, and oh, no. And, you know, like these. Oh, just no, like, he didn't He didn't do. No no throwing under the bus no. after game one. Said, They'll be fine. Collectively. They've done this. And guess what, guys? That's why he's looked upon as the best coach in the league. He was going to be the coach for Team Canada at the Olympics. Like, this is a big 
thing for the Lightning. They have not only some of the best guys on the ice, they have the best guy behind the bench that knows how to push the buttons with his team, yeah. mm-hmm. talks to the media perfectly. Like, I know all my Leaf fan buddies are like, this guy, Cooper, scared. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Idiot. The Leafs outplayed them. They come <laughs> out and they... We just, we let them off the hook. It was an easy and, night for them. And he, they just did it. They <laughs> just did exactly... They just did exactly, exactly what he said they were going to do. Exactly. exactly. It's crazy. Well... It, you know, God, I'd be a good coach for Victor Hedman and a Vasilevsky yeah, for sure. back there. <laughs> you know, he's he's also smart enough to go, in, in 20 years, I'm going to be, you know, sitting on my deck somewhere and thinking about how many Hall of Famers I had in my lineup. For sure. Like, look at your dad's team with the Islanders right. or... You know the flower, God rest his soul, his lineup over the years, and you when Everyone you name Scotty four Bowman or had. five guys in your lineup, it gets a little safer to throw those things out there in the media. <laughs> That's a great point, <laughs> right? You didn't hear talking in Arizona coming out and speaking like that about his. Boys. We don't lose two like, in a row ever. <laughs> can we just for a second just talk about Victor Hedman? I'm watching him, and I'm like, it's like it's like going down one on one against a giraffe. Yeah. And There's just, no room. No. And, you know, Sam, you were bigging up his uh, stretch passes before the game. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I just, like, it came down off the boards, and in a blink of an eye, Corey Perry's on a breakaway. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. It just, his vision, and, like, just to go along with Vasilevsky, talking about how the stars were stars, Victor Hedman, the best defenseman in the league, comes out, he gets four points, he's snapping it up there, he's... Unbelievable performance by him. And still with all this, though, with all the praise for the their for top sure. guys or whatever, that Stamkos, uh, Kalorn, Pal- no, Stamkos, Kucherov, and Palat line, they got pumped last night. The Matthews line outplayed them heavily. I think the expected goals for the Kucherov line at, at even strength was 11%. Like, it was all the Matthews line. So, you know, there, it wasn't like there was no pushback to those guys or it was an easy night. And I think the score was not necessarily indicative of it because of some of the stupid penalties. Wayne Simmons, I mean, is it time to bring up his showing last night? Well, let's just get into Sheldon Stars. Sure. And what was Marner last night? Uh, plus three? Yeah. I mean. It's great. Can we talk about that play that uh, Matthews made with the hit? Austin the with the hit. Marner with the pass. Bunting putting it in. So if Sheldon's looking down his lineup and his stars need to be his stars, I, I think that's the case. But after that. It's getting a little thin, don't you think? Yeah, the inverse of last season may be happening here. You know? Where last year you yeah, had it, it be where, and... where it was the top guys couldn't perform and the bottom half was kind of the guys that we, and now it could be the opposite. We had had conversations on our show throughout the last few months and it and me and you have gone back and forth on this. Bunting, Marner, and Matthews. If you're going to keep them together, what does that mean? down to Tavares and there is a significant drop-off guys yeah you know my my thought on Tavares right now is the place looks like it has to come to him that he can't create it you know like when when he's around the puck and in the play he's still John Tavares he can beat guys he can make passes he can finish but right now he's not able in this environment at that pace to dictate the play to the other team to make to put them on their heels you know, so you, you got him with a couple of guys who can skate. You get Mikheyev with them or Kerfo with them, Kasha, some. But they're, they're, it's not dangerous out there. Not last night, no. Uh, or either. <laughs> he wasn't the night before either. It wasn't really the night before. No. But I so, don't want to put him back with, Mar- with uh, Willie 
going into Tampa Bay where you get they have first chair sorry last change. There's then we're down to throwing Marner there every once in a while. I just no, think he got, too good. He's just got to figure it out. Him and McKeev and how long do you wait? I don't know. You got to give it one more game. I might be well, okay with that, but yeah. there there needs to be some options for Sheldon to get two good lines back to back. You cannot ask Marner and Matthews to carry two to three points a night and expect to continue to play into June. No, no, I, you can't. I think you got to do Willie back. With, with, with Tavares. Tavares. My only, I really do. With, my only concern that, well, actually, you, you know have what? enough depth. Okay, now. You do. You do. You, you have, have enough third depth. line. You can do Mikheyev, Engval, Kampf. Or you could go or Kasha or awesome. Kasha. Yeah. Like, there's different options that you can do. And yeah. I agree with Kipper. The drop off to the second line from the first line is too steep. It's, it's just, just the implication here is that Nealander's going to help Tavares when we haven't seen that happen this season at all. <sighs> you know, it's two good players on a line, so it should be better. I get it. I don't know. But that, that 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 is a concern after two games. That you know, where are they going to find that depth scoring? I'd, I'd start as early as game three with just some spot duty, and maybe just throw Marner up there a little bit every once in a while. Like you just can't wait for yeah. What's Marner playing? Uh, John Tavares to get his point a game uh, on a power play. This is and those. Those opp- those opportunities they will dwindle as this as the series gets deeper. We know mm-hmm. they're not going to be seven penalties, guys. No, never happens. Game five, six, and seven. I, I sure to God hope not because it's too much. I mean, there's a, eleven power plays last game and the game before, comparable, maybe even more. So yeah, I don't expect that to keep up. Okay, down the lineup, Spezza. Simmons, fourth line. Yeah, Spets is in. Spets has to come back. Couldn't agree more. Because if if Tavares is going to struggle five on five, this is more than ever. You need another playmaker. They don't have enough playmakers right now, guys. Yeah, they were bracing for a different type of hockey, but now that the series is settling in a little bit, I think this is a good point. That's an interesting point because you'd never think that the Leafs are lacking playmakers. No, they have they, the guys. No, they but just, it's just yeah. but you, no. they need a guy to a pass or a if, guy that's going to initiate it. If Tavares isn't going to be that guy that is facilitating plays shift after shift, then you got to get Spezza back in there. Yeah. There is nobody else. It's Marner. Matthews is the shooter, and then you tell me if you if you ask me who the best centerman outside of Matthews is, I say Kempf. Kempf's been sorry, more over John Tavares. Oh, over so John good. Tavares. Oh uh, yeah, over through two games, Kemp, he's been far Kemp's more impactful. Kempf's more dangerous, and he's been wonderful JT. on the kill, and he's run into people, and he's been impactful. Yeah, that's a problem. For sure, it is. For he, sure, we're still talking about a guy that had one goal last year. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, <laughs> So here's the options for the fourth line then. Do you want to go to like an all skilly line? I don't think no. you do. You no, don't. you don't. So here's what you can do. You can do Bunting, Matthews, uh, and Marner. You do Tavares, Willie, and Mikheyev. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, Kerfoot. Tavares, Willie, and Kerfoot. Mikheyev, Kampf, and Kasha. Or Kampf and Engvall. And then your fourth line, you do Clifford back in, Spezza, and... Um, Blackwell the to the wing. Blackwell or Kasha. Blackwell. Blackwell. 
Uh, yeah. So there you go. Like, it's a pretty good line. Uh, you know, Clifford, Spezza, Kasha, Blackwell. I'm 100% behind you. Yeah. You definitely still need a butcher in there, though. You need one Clifford, of the two. Yeah. You, Clifford. Need Clifford, you need Clifford or Simmons And you hope and pray that uh, he, he's, he's learned a lesson here. Yeah, I, I, I hope he's learned a lesson, but not too big of a lesson. I, I still want him to play. I don't want him to go out there and not play with an edge. That's why you he, have him in there. He's played 750 games. He's won a Stanley Cup. He should... You shouldn't have to spend a ton of time holding his hand here. He's on his last chance, though, Kipper. Like, dumb penalties in the regular season a few times. Dumb penalty in game one. He goes out there and cadres it for a th- and yet again. I don't know if he can put him back out. Like, he's on his last leg. And I, I think I got into this a little bit a, a few shows ago. And I'm going to double down on it now. First and foremost... Corey Perry is killing the Leafs for the second time. And you have got to figure something out. And I think after game one, Simmons missed an opportunity. He should have fought Corey Perry. I don't even think Perry would have fought him. Do you? He, he was he chasing looked, him. He looked like he was ready to go. No, no, no. He was chasing yeah. him. It was Wayne that 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 shook him off. Right. And I think we all agreed the right idea in the Wayne moment. Simmons would destroy him, by the Correct. way. Corey Perry, with all love him Heart to death. Trophy winning. He ain't fighting his way out of a paper bag. Yeah, it's not. not okay? what he's... A wet one. <laughs> and like, Wayne, take care of that guy yeah. right there. And then, then you don't even run the risk of Morgan Riley needing to do what he needed to do after game one. I just get the idea one. that Simmons there is thinking he's going to make them irrelevant. Like, we're up so much. You guys don't even matter. Yeah, just, it's just, it's It gives early. them relevance to me. Uh, it's a, it's uh, a, I, I said it. You, you want to go to game six maybe and think that way, I'll, I'll lend a, a little bit more on your side. Yeah. But game one? Yeah. Corey Perry. In the moment, I like to. With some retrospect, I, you know, looking back at it. Corey Perry. your point. Should have been a Leaf. <laughs> Don't do this again. I know. <laughs> Wanted to be a Leaf. He always finds a way to have an impact. Like, it's just, he scored last night. Beautiful uh, snapper five hole. It just made him look silly. Beautiful. That was the heart trophy. How about Perry. the accident on purpose going right back to Jack and then yep. forcing Wayne to come in and, and run his emotions? This, this guy's getting booed in the dark in the warm-ups. <laughs> He's firing a puck saw, from the other I end, and that. he's selling like he scored he into the empty net. In the this guy is yeah. just an impactful player. And it, it's hard to quantify everything that he does for you, but he's just a – he matters. And you don't want him to matter, but he matters so, so bad. So line for, for Tampa Bay, uh, seven shot attempts, four, only two yeah. against, one goal. They drew three penalties. Again, it's a good night. Maroon played 530 total. Perry played 11 minutes and Belmar played seven and a half. So in, you know, like to get minutes from your fourth line like that, uh, in unbelievable. Yeah. The drawing of the penalties was huge. But again, I think in, in every case, it was the Leafs making a dumb decision, whether the, the Simmons plays. Yeah. And you got it. Uh, the Blackwell at center on the fourth line. Like, let's not do that again. Yeah. I, Blackwell to me is a high energy guy. He can skate, but that, that, Again, you're starving right now. Outside of Marner and Matthews, you're starving for playmaking, someone to make plays. Simmons can't make play. Clifford can't make plays. Blackwell can't at center ice. You have to bring in Jason Spezza. And also, Kipper, you just don't want a guy to go weeks at a time without playing. 
you know, you don't want to be at a point in the second round or something. You go, well, you know, we need to put someone in. Spets hasn't played in three weeks. You know, so it's, it's just time to get him back in. I feel the same way about Justin Hall. Like, you know, the Leafs give up three goals on the penalty kill last night. You know who led the team in time on ice shorthanded this year for the Leafs? Yeah, Justin Hall. On a very, very good penalty kill. He was their number one killer. So that's he, not, I, I get your thinking, but you got to subtract before you add. You tell me right. who's coming out and don't tell me Lilligren because well, I, I don't think it's happening. We got to have that conversation because, it, again, it wouldn't be about Lilligren. It would be about Hall. You don't want this guy to not play for two weeks. He's been, you know, he's played 70 games for the team. He's been the number, you know, the number one shutdown pair with Muzzin for years. It's not like he became a schlub all of a sudden. You got to get him in. I don't necessarily agree with getting Hall in there, but if there was ever a night that you were going to do it after, I thought Lilligan was somewhat shaky last night. If and nothing I, else, he's standing beside Brandon Hagel, you know, trying to find the puck when he can be on the stick side, just getting under it for that goal. I just really don't have a ton of problem with the way the decors look through two I got games. no problem with it either. I just think you got to get Hall back in. Mm. You know, otherwise you're looking at when was the last time Hall would have played because he was scratched in the regular season too. Been a while. Yeah, been a while. Yeah. Labushkin, you can't lose that physical element. Sammy wanted a butcher. You got to butcher. Uh, I'm sure there's a few Tampa Bay Lightnings that, uh, players that would love to see Labushkin take a night off. It's not, it's not exactly the easiest guy to... Alex Kalorn is like uncle. Just so <laughs> sick of seeing this guy. Like, you know, he battling for the puck in front of the net and taking runs after the whistle. It's just like, he's making it hard on guys last night. I thought he was awesome. I really, I really enjoy this guy. My only thing with Labushkin, he's the only guy who doesn't play any special teams minutes at all for the Leafs. Would that make them feel, free him up to take him out? I... I... Like, no, I, I don't no, think not enough, not enough. Again, if if we're starting to see specialty minutes dwindle, then actually he becomes more valuable. For sure. I think he's terrific. All right, and uh, how about how would you feel about Jack Campbell going into Tampa Bay now with the task of needing to be better than Vasilevsky? How do you, did, how do you, did you think like Campbell last night? What do you think? Gave up five? Yeah. I didn't like the first goal. I thought he flinched. He jumped out of the way. <laughs> he, he flinched. He had just fallen asleep and it hit him. He, yeah. He thought time was going to run out, just like everybody else. I on think the ice. he thought Hedman's going to either wrap it around him or shoot it far side or whatever. And he's doing the flurry lean on Lidstrom. That was a weird reference, but <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. When they won the cup. Yeah. Um, I just thought that everybody on the ice thought time was going to run out. And that's what led to that goal. Well, if you think time's going to run out, you don't jump out of the net. No, no, but it just sempl- it just seemed like he was like, oh, it's going to end, it's going to end, I can't wait any longer, the, the period will run out. Like, he wasn't thinking straight. Yeah. It just was such a weird, unlucky bounce. But I, I, did, I did think that the game is close, and they're able to get to within two and a power play with five minutes to go because Campbell made a lot of very good saves down the stretch. You know, the Kucherov breakaway wasn't that impressive, but, he, you know, he, he gets a stop there. Uh, I thought he made enough saves to to keep him in it. I didn't think it was a bad night. For All Jack. right, I think we got another Sheldon Keefe on what uh, JB is talking about uh, the response in the third period. Let's let's listen. Let's have a listen. Uh, that was a really good sign for our for our team. You know that uh, they didn't just go away. You know, they didn't, you know we we made it interesting there at the end, and and uh, liked that the crowd got back into it and, and supported us to the end. Um, you know, I think. Uh, it's too big a hole to come back from, you know, but 
but the fact that we were right there and made it interesting and, and gave us an opportunity to, to look at some things that, you know, uh, such as six on five and things like that, that, you know, you, you get a chance to get a look at that and get some reps at it. Um, you know, but obviously we didn't like how we handled that, that third period to give them the, the extra cushion. It is a reminder of how dangerous they, they are. Oh, yeah. Was it you compared to the Blue Jays? Yeah. No, what are they, down eight? They're, the, they're in it. <laughs> down, down four. <laughs> no, and, not uh, recently. What do you got? You got Springer coming up and Vladdy and Yeah, it's Matthews, Bo. Marner, and Willie, and JT in theory. Uh, Morgan Riley. I, I have to say I feel so much better about the, that mattered to everyone, to the players Make on the ice. Push. That mattered to me. That mattered to Joe and Etobicoke. That push at the end of the third period mattered. Because How about Brody's play? It was a great play. It was Marner-esque. It was. And it just, it really, like, I mean, you talk about how all-world Vasilevsky is. They've scored eight on him now in two yeah. games, right? Like, it just, it didn't put a seed of doubt. I don't think Vasilevsky has any doubt in his abilities. I don't think you're going to sc- score on him. He's going to think he's any worse. I just think it matters to the least players to see more go in the net, even though they didn't win the game. That, that, that little run at the end made me feel a lot better. Because if mm-hmm. it's 5-1 and it's, he made all those saves, it feels completely different than 5-3. And it's stupid, but it, it matters. Game three tomorrow night, game four Sunday. Anyone else feel like this has got Splitsville written all over it after after the weekend? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I do. I do feel like this this looks like such an even series, so much going on. It's just like, you know, having watched the least long enough, it's terrifying. I, I mean, I don't know how you feel there, McKee. You feel like we were going the distance? It's coming back to it, too. It's a lock. <laughs> right. I think I think Leafs will lose the first game in Tampa, win the second one, and come back here for next Tuesday for game five, locked up at two for a crucial game five. That's how I feel it's going. I, they're just too close. It's it, These are two of the best teams in the league. It's They're both so good. Edmonton loses game one. Sure, their fans feel okay after a game two win going into LA. If it was opposite, right. you'd feel any different? Yeah, probably, right? You just feel like whatever happened most recently is going to happen over and over, and that's not necessarily the case. So, um, you know, the decisions for the Leafs here become how to construct that lineup. Are Spezza and Hall both in, or at least Spezza, Simmons out likely? What do you do about the power play then? You know, that's gone over nine at five on four. So far, Cooper gave his PK some credit. Is that the clip we have here, Sammy? It's a Cooper on PK clip? Yeah, we have that clip. Dude, should we go to break yes. here and listen now? Let's yeah, listen let's... to that then. Our PK was doing fairly well during the year, but when we, you know, I think Hagel and Paul and uh, have had a little pop to us, given us some more depth. Um, and, you know, with the three guys that we had that were consistent there, they're, they know what they're doing back there. So it's... Uh, you know, one, first of all, you, you can't be taking the amount of penalties. You know, even we took four tonight, and to me, that's still too much, especially against a power play like theirs. Um, but when you do, you have to be able to kill them off. That's the biggest thing for me is your, your PK has to be rolling. When it's holding teams to, you know, zero goals, it's giving yourself a chance to win. Now, this time last year, they bailed on Morgan Riley. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. And they went with... A rookie, <laughs> Sandine. Sandine, yeah. How's Rasmus doing? Anyone I, know? He was sitting above me in the press box last night. Oh, maybe he's ready. Yeah. Do you look ready? 
Uh, no, he was he was he was sitting an uncomfortable. <laughs> did, he, did he hit his knee with a reflex he was, hammer? He was sitting I, an uncomfortable distance away from Spets and Clifford. I don't know. I'm trying to start I'm some not, beef between those three. I don't want to suggest that he is an answer to no, coming no, no. in and helping. But how do you go from that last year, at least not contemplating making changes here? Because it didn't work. This time had, had he come in and swung no, it, the series it was, or it was, something? It was, a, it was a long shot at best to, yeah. to put him in a position of to succeed. That I'm was not you, happening last year. If I were the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs power play, I would just sit with Morgan Riley and be like, okay, the puck comes to you from Mitch Marner. It doesn't need to be cleaned off on both sides quicker, before it quicker, goes to the other quicker, guy. Quicker, Like, let's, let's go. Just and the other it. guy is Matthews. It's Austin Matthews. And the quicker, Constantly. Yes. And teams read off of that. It gives them a second to make the adjustment. That, that half second is key. Get it and move it. God, I can only imagine the video going around today on that power <laughs> yeah, play. No All right, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we return, as promised, Ryan Whitney, uh, one half fame of Spinton chicklets and we'll get his thoughts on the toronto maple leafs and the tampa bay lightning and then later on in the second hour gord stellic stelectricity host of leaf nation he'll also be on board all right enjoy your break and we're coming right back breaking down the top stories in the nhl every day the jeff mary show subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts Nick Kiprios, he's Justin Bourne, Anya Elikawi. Nailed it. Yes! <laughs> Only took me 47 minutes, but I nailed it. Way to go, buddy. Welcome aboard, Hanya. Isn't that nice? <laughs> you think Ryan Whitney gets that same applause? I think he gets a lot of applause. <laughs> oh, that's like a standing ovation. <laughs> Not bad. All right, as promised, Ryan Whitney. How are you, pal? Boys, what is going on? Thanks for having me on. Best time of year. Oh, yeah, it is. Now, what's your schedule like? It, is it just me or every time I go through social media, it's like you, Biznasty, 24-7. Do they let you actually go home and, and see your family and, and have a meal? Oh, yeah. You know, I actually missed the trip. They were just on to New York to live stream games. I'm going next year to... I'm, I'm going next week to live stream and biz goes to TNT to be the professional TV man that we all know <laughs> down here in the state. So I'll take over the streaming with all the cast and characters from Barstool sports for uh, some first round series next week, but I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's a gong show. It's a lot of, um, I'll say pizza eating, beer, pink, Whitney drinking, gambling on sports and screaming at the TV. Pretty much what everyone at, at, at home does. Every day. Now, I see yeah. nasty's on national television. He's got the sunglasses on. He's a big star. You can be exactly. just as big of a star. I think you choose not to be. Oh, Kippa, that means a lot coming from you. I appreciate it. I don't want to work that much. I, I, I feel, uh, you made I, a lot more than Biz in his playing career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what Biz says. He goes, you made more money than me. I have to do this. But secretly, I think he loves to do it. I, I like working, but I also like golfing and being with the kids and being at home. So I'm not cut out for the road like Biz Nasty is. That guy lives in a hotel. I, I can't stand being in a hotel. Yeah. 
All right, well, we'll get your thoughts on uh, on this Toronto Maple Leafs-Tampa Bay Lightning series. Uh, it's great. Uh, I, I know on, on Twitter you've dug in as the anti-Toronto Maple Leafs guy. Uh, you are representative yeah. of a huge portion of the NHL, so I think you've got a, a strong following there. What are your thoughts and what you've seen from uh, the Leafs through two games? So, I mean, I think that the Leafs... Uh, what a dream start, right, in game one. Kind of started panicking as, as a Leafs. Now, I'm using hater in quotations. Yeah. I don't hate the Leafs. I don't hate players on the Leafs. I just root against them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, maybe it's being from Boston. I'm not even a Bruins fan, but I like when the Leafs fail. It's entertaining for the sport when they're good, but then for them to crash and burn makes it amazing. So game one, I panicked. I said, holy, oh, my God, this team's legit, this team, which we've known all year. And I've said, this is the best team, this is the best Leafs team they've ever had, I think. So for them to come out like that, I started panicking. But then last night, what disappoints me and also isn't shocking to me in the least is the Leafs play bad. They do not play well. They lose the game. And all I hear from Leafs fans is they get screwed by the refs last night. You didn't get screwed by the refs. There's a couple, there's maybe one or two calls Tampa should have had go against them. Every penalty the Leafs took was a penalty. Do you guys agree with that or no? You know, I thought game two was officiated better uh, than game one. I didn't like the Labushkin uh, hook, which was really weak. But outside of that, the the Giordano uh, hold is a hold. Anytime you grab somebody over a shoulder, it should get called. That way you avoid getting in, in messes as an official uh, especially in, in late parts of the game. And, and the, the Kerfoot hold on Hagel, too, who, by the way, Hagel, Hagel is, you know, you, you, it's that free hand. And then the least fans, and I, maybe you guys disagree being up there and hearing from more people and family and friends, but they were, they were blaming the refs last night. That team, you had two early power plays. You didn't get anything done. And then to give up that late goal when Brody kind of made a, a bad read. I don't know how he ended up leaving Hedman that alone, and Campbell had kind of a mishap. But that, that game was so evident in terms of showing, like, Tampa, they aren't going anywhere. I actually think this series is going to end up going seven games. I think they're so evenly matched. And the difference maker, as we saw game one, right, you got Matthews and Marner, stars of the show, playing incredible. In game two, I thought Kucherov was the best player on the ice. I thought Hedman maybe could have overtaken him as the best player on the ice. So is the studs. But in the end, it'll probably be the guys like Hagel and Paul against the guys like Mikheyev and Engvall because we really haven't, you know, those superstars are almost going to cancel themselves out at the top. And I think the Lightning have just had two years of depth players making big-time plays. And I don't know how it's going to end up going, but my reason for thinking the Lightning will get it done is the big guy in net. So it's just coming, coming off a loss to see the Lightning do this every single time, 40, 14 or 15 in a row now, it's like you got to figure out a way to get an effort against them two games in a row, and, and now they have home ice back. So I, I, I think it's a great series, though. God, is this entertaining hockey. Even though both games weren't super close, it's still this is like why I don't like the Leafs because watching them in the playoffs is so good. And shout out the crowd. I'm an Oilers guy. I've been on this Oilers train all year. I have to get my ear pierced. If Calgary goes further than that, they would wear a, <laughs> I gotta true? wear a Kipper. I gotta wear a Barry Bonds cross earring if no. Calgary goes further. 
I swear to God, I'm an idiot. I made the bet a week into the season. I didn't know Calgary was going to be this good. Biz Nasty's going to hold me over the ringer, get my ear pierced. But um, where, where do you? I got, I, the reason I, I brought them up is because the, the oil crowd was great. The first two games, Toronto's crowd at least game one was unreal. So I have to shout out them because usually I give their their arena kind of a C for uh, being a little quiet. Where do you even shop for that? Is that an, an MLB store oh, or is it eBay? Where do you get the cross? We're going to go to Hot Topic. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to Ryan Whitney, former NHLer and, of course, co-host of Spittin' Chicklets, the podcast. As far as the series is concerned uh, and, and, the, and the temperature, even before it started or after game two, a lot of focus, Ryan, on Corey Perry and Maroon, and we watched the reaction of a of a Wayne Simmons late in Game One, where he doesn't engage, and then he takes a couple penalties, looks a little bit too engaged. Are the Leafs too wrapped around something that shouldn't be as big of a story as it actually is? Yeah, I think Perry is just such a master at just pissing people off enough to get them off their games and. And Wayne Sims has made a living beating up people like Corey Perry, right? Like, he's, he's tough as anyone, and he lives for fighting, and he'll stick up for his teammates. But you could tell what Maroon and Perry pulled off, and Maroon punching in Riley's head in game one, it looked a little foolish, but I think it, it upset so many Leafs that it did lead into game two. And, and I hate to say it because I love Simmons, and, and the guy's game is, is built for the playoffs, but I'm sitting him down game three. I'm not playing them things. You, you, now listen, you got you got you got to get Spez in the lineup. I think, and and I know it's a totally different type player, but faceoffs and just the offensive skill. I mean, I don't know. I'm switching that up. And then Clifford's coming back in, right? You want him back in the lineup, but yeah. he's got to be able to control his emotions. I mean, he got lucky. He took the dumbest penalty I think of the first two games and ended up firing up the Leafs and their crowd so much that they ended up winning almost because of that five minute major kill. But if he's going to come out and Simmons just come back in and Simmons comes out, you know, he can't be doing that again. So I don't know what's going to go on with that Leafs fourth line, but you can't let the lightning get you off your game the way Corey Perry's kind of born to do. That's what he's going into the game. And then what does he do? He scores a beautiful breakaway goal and an awesome pass from Hedman, and then he's in the mix, and then he draws a penalty from a, a, an angry Simmons on the cross check to his hand. So it's like you cannot let those things get in your head and get in your face and get you pissed off in a series like this that you know anytime you take a penalty. Game one was a throwaway. Look at the power play game two. Kucherov point. These guys, Stamkos, that power play is no joke. You cannot take penalties and beat this team. You know, the, the thing I wonder this Leafs team is about the evolution of their superstars. Like, you saw Sid, you know, with, with the Penguins, you know, dragging a team, not dragging a team, but leading a team to the cup final when you were there. Is it possible like for Matthews and Marner to just have found something to get good enough to pull this team through, even with some shortcomings. I just, I, I can't help but feel like they found a new level in the postseason that they didn't have last year. I agree with you. I said the worst possible scenario for a, a person rooting against the Leafs like myself was Marner scoring in game one. <laughs> he ends up with, uh, he, he ends up getting another one last night. So now he's in the group, right? That's your goal. That's your, to get this guy. Now, I kind of agree with you. Like, can these two, they'll become true superstars. And Matthews is already, okay? And Marner had a season, he's a superstar, right? But that next level is carrying the team. I mean, we're not even talking just to the cup finals. We're just talking to the second round. 
Because to be able to do that, right, and people say, I don't know if Jack Campbell can win a cup. I don't know if he can get to the East Chicago's finals. Well, I mean, people kind of said the same thing about Flurry for a minute in Pittsburgh. Now, granted, he was younger, and there was a pedigree of the first overall pick, and he had some amazing games. But there was times when people questioned him, and it was Crosby and Malkin that just took over and stole the show and carried a team. So these guys, to get the true respect that I think they deserve and probably someday will get, it's not going to happen until you get out of the first round. And this is why this is like the perfect. It's the most unfortunate matchup for Leafs and their fans is having to play this team, but it also would lead to the greatest thing that could ever happen to the organization because if they could knock this team off, move on to the second round by beating Tampa, talk about opening the door to go all the way, right? Like what is stopping them from winning it all if they win this series? Truthfully, I mean, this is, this is the test. And to get out of what they've dealt with for the past 20 years, it would be no other way than this. I honestly think it's like the Red Sox, when they finally won the World Series, they had to beat the Yankees to get to the World Series. There was no other way. And I'm not comparing the Lightning to the Yankees. It's totally different. But to be the best, you've got to beat the best. And to get out of the first round, why not have it be against the best team in the league? When we talk about the, the, those Crosby years, you can't help but think, hey, Malkin's right behind him. And then if we've looked at other Stanley Cup championship teams in Washington, my first thought is uh, Backstrom and Kuznetsov, who could have won the Conn Smythe the year that uh, they won the Cup. And then uh, Point, Stamkos, Anthony Sorelli. For the Leafs, it's Matthews and then Tavares right behind him. Do you have confidence that Tavares can be that that great second centerman back-to-back for Sheldon Keefe? Um, I do because I think that guy has had an insane career. What a professional he is. His teammates love him. I'm not going to lie. These first two games, you got to, you got to have a lot more to be wishing for if you're a Leafs fan, right? I, I I didn't, I hate, I hate doing this. And I know Kepper, you'd agree like post playing the worst thing to do. And you have to do. And what, what we do is kind of call out players, especially guys that were way better players than I ever was. But I didn't even notice John Tavares in either game, and, and, and more so in game two. And Nylander has moments when it's like he's so great and gifted and flying, and then other times you're like, is he even playing? So I do think that John Tavares could be that second center to really carry a team when you don't have Matthews on the ice. All right, well, don't worry. we got Tavares and Nylander out there, but I don't know. He hasn't done anything yet, and it's so early on in the series that it's too early to count a guy yeah, out. But I agree with that. Game, it's early. If you get through game four in Tampa and he still hasn't shown anything, that's when you start panicking a little bit. So when you're watching uh, guys you used to play with right now, Sidney Crosby, right? now, that first game he played there, they go three OTs deep. He's the best player in the rink uh, every time he's out there. Are you just blown away by the longevity? Like that cup final you guys were in together Uh, 13 years ago. I, I couldn't. I actually was, I had a buddy over. We were just watching the, the games on Tuesday night, I said, I cannot believe that he's still this good. And what a quiet season he had. I mean, a hundred point pace, I think it was. Nobody's talking about him. And then that game was an absolute statement where the thing I noticed about him is he's almost just as impressive on the defensive side of the puck. And he's stripping guys and he's constantly back checking hard. And then his vision, that pass he gave to Gensel on Gensel's second goal. I mean, it's so I mean, he makes it look so easy. And the reason that you, you bring up the correct fact is it was so long ago he started doing this. And, and yeah, Ovi's still scoring 50. It's like both these guys, the fact that they came into the league 
in 05 or whatever it was. It's like, what the, how are you still playing at this high of a level? And Crosby, I think, is so driven right now that nobody's talking about the Penguins, that they sputtered down the stretch and everyone picked New York, including me. And all of a sudden, oh, yeah, you want to you bet? You want to talk about Kreider's 50 goals and Panarin's 96 points or whatever? I'm Sidney Crosby in game one. No one was better. Hey, Whit, he's going to have to play goal eventually because you know uh, Pitt's running out of them. <laughs> I know, I know. They had their goalie go in. He was eating fried pork and, and spicy <laughs> sausage, and they ended up getting a win from Louis Domingue. Oh, I mean, Louis see, Domingue can't stop the puck usually, and he looks like amazing. Seriously, it's gonna, it's got to catch up to Pitt, doesn't it? Yeah, I think if um, if Jari can hopefully come back, I mean, maybe it gives him a chance, but. It, it, it's tough when you have goaltending issues and then you lose another guy and then you had to go to triple overtime. It's like when you have Shesterkin versus a carousel of goalies in and out, it's going to be really hard for the, the Penguins to pull that off. It's just what, when I picked the Rangers right after, I said, how do you, how do you bet against Sidney Crosby? And I kind of did it. So I could end up looking like a fool like usual. So what is it that made you put a uh, ear piercing on the line with the Oilers? What is it, what is it that you like that's going on there? It must be a lot that you like with the Oilers. <laughs> well, I, so yeah, I've uh, since since the uh, like two years ago, I was like, I'm all in on the Oilers. I played there. The fans couldn't yeah. stand me, but I really respected the the passion and how much these people care about the Oilers. All the Canadian cities are the same, but I said, and then I love McDavid. I, he's, you know, I love watching him, obviously. I was like, all right, I'm all in. This team's going to go on a run. I'm all in. And then last year they get swept, and then this year they made some nice changes. I really like the Hyman um, signing. I like bringing over Duncan Keith, and there was things to really look upward and onward to, and I was like, they're unbelievable. I was talking a lot of smack, and Biz said, Calgary's better. And I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but I just said, oh, yeah, you want to bet? I said, if you... If Edmonton, if Calgary goes further than Edmonton, I'll pierce my big left ear and put a hanging cross <laughs> earring for one month. And he, and I said, and you have to shave just the top of your head and go on national TV on TNT for a month <laughs> with just the top shave, like Peter Mansbiz, that guy he plays in his skits that did Canadian News or something. <laughs> I don't know who it is. And, and so that's what he has on the line. And he's already trying to say, TNT won't even let me do that. I said, I don't care. I do not care because he said last year he'd do something if the Leafs didn't win their first round series. I don't even think I could say it on radio, but he didn't. He didn't end up doing it. So I'm worried that he won't even live up to his end of the bargain if we can somebody get get further than Calgary. Listen, I, Biz may not be one of these guys, but you know that there's others out there that just jump on the Leaf bandwagon because they just want to suck up to all their million followers. You know that, right? Exactly. Exactly. They do. They do. And I don't. I want to battle all those people. I want to battle all the Leafs fans. I say to all of them, I'd love to have a beer with you and talk, but once that game starts, you're going to hate my guts as I scream for Tampa to score. Hey, you're, you're not going to double down on the piercing and go to your like your belly button or your left nut sack no, no, or no, anything no, no, like no. that, too much hair you? around my belly button. All right. Good. Good. <laughs> hey, Whit, loved having you on. Hey, um, well, I want to ask you about one more about Calgary. Is Daryl Sutter a type of guy that you would have loved to play for or a guy that would have just drove you nuts? Cause I absolutely love him. 
I think that um, the way you played and the way I played is like so opposite <laughs> that I think Daryl Sutter would have despised. Yeah. I would have lasted on Daryl Sutter's team for one week. He talked about being physical and Same he here. loves the fighting. And I, I mean, I would have gotten a kick out of him, but I know for a fact, I know coaches like that, they were not a big fan of me as a player and my lack of physicality. That's hilarious. Yeah. But I do love following the press conferences. So Nice, I do too. Hey, listen, it's <laughs> been an absolute treat. Thanks for making time for us. No problem, boys. Big fans of you guys. Keep it up. Thanks, Whit. Ryan Whitney, co-host of Spit and Chicklets. Not hard to figure out why that shows a success. I literally text them the same thing during the show. I'm like, not, not surprised Chicklets does yeah. well. Also, I can relate to Whitney, and I know for a fact Daryl Sutter would have absolutely despised me. <laughs> <laughs> what button do we start pushing on you, eh? Just full, yeah. Oh, and he just started trying. It would have been eject from the bench to the press box is what he would have pushed. We didn't uh, just time flies, man. You just run out of time. I wanted to ask him about uh, Pink Whitney. I mean, another beverage guy. Yeah. Uh, they have had moderate success with it. I, I got to admit, I've never tried it. Uh, I have not either. Um, I have. What and thoughts? It's sweet, isn't it? Quite sweet. It's quite strong. <laughs> See, unlike mine, organic, oh, no yeah, yeah. sugar. Buddy, oh, there's no comparison. Oh, Non-GMO, no colors added. I'm, I'm thinking about your your the, the, the long-term Sammy with my beverage. I... I our technical director, Derek, had a great idea that we should get, like, a summer pack with all the hockey guys' drinks. So you get Marty Turco's beer, yeah. your little Buddha, Ryan Whitney's thing, the Bobby Margarita. Get the whole pack going. Get everybody <laughs> rocking and rolling. Great the idea. Hockey dia, the hockey guy uh, fun pack. great idea. Yeah, Derek. Are, Sammy, are, are we giving anything away? Or, or We're not quite giving anything away, but we are teasing the fact that we're giving something there away. There you go. Uh, we're giving you another chance. To win Maple Leaf home playoff tickets on Real Kipper wow. and Bourne. Yeah. Uh, be sure to be listening on Monday as we're giving away a pair of tickets to Leafs Lightning Game 5, baby. Game 5 is a huge one. Uh, all you got to do is be listening for the Leafs trivia question on the radio, YouTube, or on the Real Kipper and Bourne podcast. And text the, text the correct answer to 59590. And the lucky winner will be chosen to head down to Scotiabank Arena and cheer on the Leafs. And uh, for all the details, head to sportsnet.ca slash 590. It's a big it deal. That's and a big deal. It is a really big deal. And what we are anticipating is uh, a 2-2. Sp- a, two, two. a quite crucial game five. Very crucial. Oh, and so you'll be able to cheer in those seats. And uh, I last night, I was in a different spot than I usually am at the uh, at Scotia Bank Arena in the broadcast. I'm usually up in the broadcast booth with Bonesy and Ralphie. But since there's three different broadcasts, the American National, the American Local, and Arts and Sportsnet. We were in a different booth, so there was no room for me to sit up top. I had to sit down on press row, where I do not belong. <laughs> You're and I broke very professional. I, I, yeah, I mean, I look like I belong, but in my head, I don't belong. And yeah, I broke the cardinal sin. Uh, bunting, bunting shot in the net, uh, and I went. I I, you I cheered. I, I, in no, the I didn't. Press che- I didn't cheer. I didn't cheer, but I went like you squealed. I, no, I did like a fist pump. Caught. I like fist pump. I like, was like oh. halfway. I went like. I was. I went like a. Ooh, ooh. Like I was like, oh, I did it. And Gunner looked at me like I was an idiot. Gordo on the line probably hearing me say this, but I couldn't help myself. The place was electric when he scored. So I broke the cardinal sin last day, boys. Cheered in the uh, press box. Everyone up there You're thinks authentic. I'm a hack. I'm a hack. Whatever. That hack, McKee. Uh, uh, are you bailing on your five-game 
prediction? No, no, no. Can't bail now. I'm still in the. I still got a chance. <laughs> I still got a chance, baby. Four in a row. It'd be pretty tough. They haven't lost two in a Do row. Do you think there's uh, <laughs> Leaf fans now booking flights and still finding cheaper, <laughs> cheaper uh, value on uh, taking in game three and four? You think, I bet. You think it'll be loud? Uh, well, Pro I, Leafs in that building uh, coming up. Our next guest and I, we talked about it. Gordo and I talked about it on the bro- on the post game show last night. But I'm interested because I think it's a little less daunting of a building to go into than you know, say if they were going back one one to TD Garden or something. I think there's going to be a lot more Leaf fans there. It's a little less of an in- intimidating spot. I'll be interested to see. I don't know if they're going to limit the amount of Leaf fans. Just, how do you do it? How do you do? I, like you, you limit you, the sale to Leaf fans. Sale, someone buys tickets. Yeah, for sure. But I just I'm interested to see what it's going to look like. They all wear the same color. That's the problem. You're not yeah. going to be able to tell. It's blue and white. <laughs> a lot of blue and white in here tonight. Yeah, blue and white. Big, big blue and white night. Well, we'll get uh, former Leaf general manager, New York Ranger assistant GM, and a host, of course, of Leaf Nation on uh, the Fan Five Ninety and Sportsnet. We are talking about Mister Stelectricity. Gord Stelic will be joining us after the break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Born.